morning church. We are carrying on with our series in 1 John this morning and I'll be continuing from chapter 3 verse 16 to 24. So let's jump right into the text. By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. By this we shall know that we are of the truth, and reassure our heart before him. For whenever our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart, and he knows everything. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence before God, and whatever we ask we receive from him, because we keep his commandments and do what pleases him. And this is his commandment, that we believe in the name of his Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another, just as he has commanded us. Whoever keeps his commandments abides in God and God in him. And by this we know that he abides in us, by the Spirit whom he has given us. Amen. So the topic for today, as you know, is laying down our lives for others. And specifically, in the context of this text, we're talking about laying down our lives for our brothers and sisters in Christ. Now, this isn't the first time that we hear this phrase, laying down our lives for others, in Scripture. We read in John 15, verse 12 to 13, where Jesus says, This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. So what does it mean to lay down our lives for others? Are Jesus and John saying that we should be actively willing to physically die for others? Perhaps in certain extreme circumstances this could be true. But what John is talking about here is in fact love. A sacrificial and unselfish love for others which stems from a love that we have received from Christ himself. So to unpack this thought, I'm going to break the text up into four different points. The first point is that Jesus is the reason that we know how to lay down our lives for others. Secondly, what does it mean to lay down our lives for others? Third, why should we lay down our lives for others? And fourth, the assurance we have in God. So the first point, that Jesus is the reason that we know how to lay down our lives for others. In verse 16 we read, By this we know, love, that he laid down his life for us. Now imagine the gospel story went something like this. The world is full of sin, so God sends his only son Jesus Christ to the world to save the world from their sins. And Jesus walks around and he tells everyone that he loves them and he tells everyone that God loves them. And then once he's told everyone, he ascends back into heaven to be with God the Father and everyone on earth knows that Jesus said that he loves them. How impactful would that have been? Would we have been able to even recognize or rationalize God's love for us just based on the words of Jesus? Probably not. But what did happen is that Jesus came and he spoke his words and his actions followed. And all throughout his life, he exemplified exactly what it means to lay down your life for others, regardless of the cost for his reputation. And then ultimately on the cross, we see the greatest act of love ever displayed as he died for us, for our sins. So we see this example in Jesus Christ of being totally unselfish, 
totally immersed in the needs of others to the point of giving up his life to save theirs. So with Jesus as our example, John goes on to say that we should do the same, that we ought to lay down our lives for others. But what does that mean? Which brings me to the second point of today's message. What does it mean to lay down our lives for others? As mentioned earlier, laying down our lives for others that's, does not necessarily mean physically dying. What he is talking about is loving others and that the nature of our love for others should be sacrificial. But it, it should not be something that's purposeless, but we will deal with that. In verse 17, John gives us a very practical example by explaining that if God has blessed us with enough to be able to help others who are lacking in what we have, then we should be willing to give that up in order to help them. When he says the world's goods in verse 17, if anyone has the world's goods, it can be interpreted as anything from money to clothes, food, shelter, transport, etc. Anything that we could own or possess that someone else could be lacking in. So practically what this looks, looks like is if you have money, clothes, food, a car to give transport with, the loving thing to do is to be willing to give these things up in order to help a brother that's in need, no matter how much inconvenience it may cause us. And that doesn't necessarily mean giving enormous amounts of money to, to others. It can be as simple as someone being in need of a lift to the doctor and they don't have a car and you do and so you give them a lift because you care about them that is sacrificial love that is laying down your life for others this also doesn't only apply to material things but it challenges us in how we deal with our thoughts our feelings our emotions and our own personal desires and even our time really that that can affect how we love others in our relationships with them and there are different relationships that this can be applied to in marriages, in friendships, in parenting, and just in general within the, the, the church. We need to be giving of our time, no matter how inconvenient it may seem to us. We shouldn't put our own feelings, our own desires, and our own emotions above the needs of others. And we shouldn't allow those things, our feelings and emotions, to limit how we love them. A very simple and practical application of this again is forgiveness. Sometimes we feel that someone doesn't deserve our forgiveness when Jesus says that we should forgive over and over and over again. But we don't forgive them because we are judging them ourselves, maybe because of something that they've done. And, and our emotions, our feelings about them prevent us from forgiving them and ultimately prevent us from loving them. So all these things, material and immaterial, we should be willing to give up in order to love our brothers and sisters the way that Christ loved us first. That is what it means to lay down our lives for others. So now that we know what it means to lay down our lives for others, we might ask why? Why should we lay down our lives for others? And that's the third point. Why should we lay down our lives for others? And I found three reasons why we should lay down our lives for others for others from the scripture firstly it should be a fruit of our genuine faith secondly it is a command from the lord and thirdly it is a testimony to the world so firstly it should be a fruit of our genuine faith john ends verse 17 with with this let us not love in word or talk 
but in deed and in truth. Now we understand the deeds part of it. We understand that from our words, actions should follow. But he ends with in deeds and in truth. What does he mean by in truth? What he's saying here is that our love for others should be sincere. Not something that is fake or done out of obligation, but a sincere and genuine love. And not only that, but the love that we show towards others in our actions should not be for selfish reasons or for selfish gain at all. We read in Philippians 2 verse 3, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or empty pride, but in humility consider others more important than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. And we also read in James 2, which this ties in with very strongly the connection between faith and works. James 2 verse 14, What good is it, my brothers, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save him? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you tells him, go in peace, stay warm and well fed, but does not provide for his physical needs, what good is that? So too, faith by itself, if it does not result in action, is dead. So we know that while we are not saved by our deeds or our good works, we are saved by faith and believe in Jesus Christ. But what Paul and John are saying here is that this genuine love for others, this laying down our lives for others, should be a fruit of this genuine saving faith. And as we read from verses 19 through to 24, he gives this to us as another practical check to test the genuine, genuineness of our faith. So that's the first reason why we should lay down our lives for others, because it should be a fruit of our genuine faith. It should come naturally. The second reason, it is a command from the Lord. Verse 23 in our text says this, And this is His commandment, that we believe in the name of His Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another just as He has commanded us. So it is a clear commandment from the Lord that we are to love one another. And this is not a new commandment, John says in chapter 2 of this book. And Jesus says that if we truly love him, we will be keeping his commandments. So it goes without saying that if we are not loving one another the way that Christ loves, if we are not laying down our lives for one another the way that we should, it is sinful because we are not keeping his commands and we are not doing what pleases the Lord. And Jesus gives us this command, not because he wants us to people please or he wants us to make each other happy or more comfortable here on earth. He gives, this, he gives us this command because he loves us and he wants us to truly take care of each other because we love each other. But not only that, because it glorifies him and it glorifies God the Father. Which brings me to the final reason why we should be laying down our lives for others. It glorifies God the Father, and it is also a testimony to the world. John 13 verse 35 says this, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you are also to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. So whether we like it or not, as believers in Jesus Christ, the rest of the world is watching us. The question is, what are they seeing? They see the church buildings. They see the people come and go. They see the, the, the Facebook posts with the verses. They see all the songs. 
But what do they see in us as the people? Do they see a body that is united in love or divided because we cannot agree or we judge one another? Do they see a body that genuinely cares for one another and a people willing to lay down their lives for each other consistently, not just when it suits us? Do they see a body that truly resembles the unconditional love that Christ showed to us? Or do they see a worldly kind of love that is conditional, where we, we don't forgive one another? By this, Jesus says, the world will see that you are my disciples, that you are my friends, my people, and my children. And that is the final reason why we should be laying our lives down for, for one another. Which ends that point, and I want to cover the final point, point four of today's message, which is the assurance that we have in God. Now, this might seem a little bit off topic, jumping from laying down our lives for, for one another to, to this, but that's where the scripture leads us today, and the two points really are certainly linked. John says in verse 19 of our text, By this we shall know that we are of the truth. And reassure our heart before him. When he says, by this we shall know, he's referring to the laying down our lives for one another. And it is because of this action that we are able to test and prove the genuineness of our faith in Christ. And thus, we can have a deeper assurance of our salvation. And in this section of, our, of, of his letter, John has given us two points of encouragement. And in this section of his letter, John is actually giving us two points of encouragement. The first point of encouragement is this. That sometimes we doubt. Sometimes we find ourselves in moments where we wonder, am I truly saved? And this was a problem in the church back then due to the false teaching that was going on. And this is where John is encouraging us and saying that we can take a step back and look at our lives. And we can see where God has worked in our hearts and changed us to becoming more loving and more sacrificial in our love towards others. So we can see the fruit of the spirit that he has given us and we can know for sure that he abides in us and us in him. So we can have an assurance in our faith. We can have a confidence, he says, as we approach God in prayer. He says this in verse 22, because we are living in obedience to his commands. The second point of encouragement is that sometimes we fail. Sometimes we, we don't love the way that we should. We aren't sacrificial in our love. We aren't laying our life down for others, even though we are saved. Maybe we battle with a short temper and we don't speak graciously all the time. Maybe we struggle to let go of bitterness and we, or we just aren't willing to give up the things that we have in order to help others. And so our heart condemns us. John says in verse 20. But then he follows with a very encouraging statement where he says, but God is greater than our hearts and he knows everything. What he means by this is that God knows our failures. He knows our sinfulness and he sees our brokenness when we come to him acknowledging that we are unworthy, acknowledging that we are sinful and that we are in need of his saving grace. And though this is no excuse to live a life of constant and unrepentant sin, the word says that his grace abounds. It never runs out for us as his children. Whoever comes to me, I will never cast out, Jesus says. 
what an encouragement that is to us who are struggling, who do struggle with these things and who are still learning and growing by the grace of God through his spirit and through his word. And he ends off verse 24 with this. And by this we know that he abides in us by the spirit whom he has given us. So these two points of encouragement that John gives combined teach us one thing. That our assurance of salvation never comes from our own goodness or our own deeds or however good we think we are. Rather, that our ultimate source of assurance in salvation is God himself and the spirit that he gives us. Through the grace and faith that he has given us at the point of salvation and through the constant working of his spirit in us as he continues to change us and transform us to be more like Jesus. So to conclude, I will read Romans 5 verse 6 to 8. For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So with Christ being our perfect example, I encourage you to hold this test of faith against your life and humbly ask God to show where you can be more sacrificial in your love towards others. May we allow God to continually change us and shape us through his word and in prayer with him to be more loving towards other people and be more willing to to give up our life for others. May we not be the ones who decide who does or doesn't deserve our love, considering the amount of love that we have been shown by God, even though we were the last ones to deserve it. And may you recognize God and the spirit that he gives as the ultimate assurance of your salvation. Let's pray. Father, we know that it is because that you first loved us that we are able to love. And we thank you for that ultimate demonstration, the perfect demonstration of love, of you sending your son to die on the cross for us, even though we were still in sin, even though we were far away from you, we turned our backs on you, Lord, you still loved us. And we thank you for that. And Lord, I pray that that would filter through in how we love other people, how we love our brothers and sisters in our family, in your body, Lord. May we be sacrificial in our love and through the power of your spirit, may you continue to change us, shape us and grow us in our love for others, Lord. And may the world see our love that we have for one another. May we be a shining light to the rest of the world. May we be a true testimony of your love and who you are because of the way that we are loving one another. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.